Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and Rico Petroselli. All right, we are Hello. back from the National. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. We are back. We are back from the National. Welcome to the Great, Great American Collectible Show. National. Tom Zapp and Rico Petroselli. Oh, We've got boy. our two favorite guests, no, two of our favorite guests in the house with us. So we're going to talk to Joe Orlando and our good friend Derek Grady, both wonderful guys from Heritage Auctions. The big guys. The two big, the two, yeah, the two big kahunas. But first, <laughs> I'm going to wing it as far as the headline go. Here's the headlines. The oh, yeah. Mickey Mantle card is still up for auction. It's graded a 9.5 from the other guys. We're not going to mention their name. And... Right now, Derek and Joe, it's at, at about uh, seven million, seven and a half. Seven, seven point five million, and there are a lot of days left. There's well, a good three weeks left. Okay, so there are three weeks left. Oh, so I have a chance. Huh? So you got your bid in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Eighteen, five and a half 18 days. All right. Eighteen so, days to get your bid in. Bottom line is, if you want more information on that particular card, you can go to our good friend Rich Miller and the great staff at Sports Collectors Daily. All right, we have Joe. We have a good show today. We've got Joe and Derek. We're going we're gonna to talk about, uh, let's talk about the National first. <laughs> no, Did you have a good time no, at the National? I had a great time. Notice he said we're going to have a good show first. Instead of later, we had a good show. Oh, no, I said both ways. Now, Fr- front, we, front, front end and back. Oh, no, it's great. Uh, hey, by the way, it. I tell you guys a story, both oh, of you guys. This is hysterical. Petroselli. As you guys, I don't know if you know this, but Petroselli uh, did a book signing, a book signing, an autograph signing at the National. And uh, nobody came. Yeah. So I, we, we had dinner with Joe, and Joe was nice enough to make reservations at a nice De Palm at 6.45 on Friday night. Now, Rico had to leave Derek, as you know, and Joe, Rico had to leave early to do the signing, and the signing was supposed to be from 3 to 5, 3 to 5. So I said to Rico, remember, at 5 o'clock, you got to be done because we have dinner reservations. The show ends at 5 o'clock. Ellen and myself and Elsie walk over to the pavilion where they're signing. Now, all of these athletes were there. Everybody from A-Rod, uh, David Ortiz, uh, guys like Don, everybody. Mickey Mantle. Mickey, no, I mean, amazing. There's all, they're all gone. They're all gone except for one athlete, and there's still 100 people in line to get his autograph, Petroselli. The, Was it the, free? No, listen to me. So a lot of them, did, 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 they get paid. They get paid, but a lot of okay. them... A lot of them uh, uh, had left, and the uh, who's the guy? The, the, not the director, Bobby, whatever his name is. He came up to us. He says, "We, we have never seen anything like this. We have never seen anything like this. People just was Petroselli, Petroselli, Petroselli." And I attribute it to the Great American Collectible Show, 
Oh, yeah. Because you oh, have, beca- I think you've become the vintage face yeah. of the hobby. Yeah, there's another word you, you, you used, <laughs> some other face. No, 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 but it was... It was great. It though. was wonderful. Uh, it was nice, but uh, I think most of the people were there because they figured <laughs> this might be it. How old is he? That's a good point. (laughs) Get him him now, for so. Wait a minute. The last guy in line, he could he could say, "I get his last, last, just like you caught you, you. just like you caught Mantle's last pop up." That's right, right. All right, listen, Derek. First of all, I know you guys uh, have been under the weather. You've been under the weather, Derek. I know, Joe. You're as healthy as a horse. you were part of the super spreader at the national. Uh, everybody we yeah. talked to, a lot of people got, you know, unfortunately got COVID. But it's nothing that's like uh, it's like a bad cold. How are you feeling? Uh, me? Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm fine. It hit me. Well, I decided I was gonna still try and work um, in my office. The door closed, and that went over. I just ended up going going to a hotel and crash and staying there for a few days, and I'm um, perfectly fine. Now that was last week. I turned the corner. I mean, it, again, it was like a, I would liken it to a flu-like symptom. Felt yeah. like I was hit by a bus. But if you actually sleep and do what the doctor tells you to do and pay attention, you'll actually get better quicker. And I, I pushed it a little bit. I shouldn't have. I was run down after the national. Sure. You know? Yeah, we so were talking. I, I spoke to a couple of uh, our sponsors. Uh, I won't mention their names, but same thing happened to them. But they're all feeling better now. Yeah. Well, you had it. And, I did uh, have it. You had it for a few days. and. Uh, the strain, I guess you call it, Omicron, whatever it is, that's what it is now. So I had it before the national. Three, three four days. Yeah. No, I'm, <clears throat> By the way, I sat next to you. I was going to say that to you. You did. You well, did. I don't know if I had it then, though. No, I might have had it. No, I, I, <laughs> yeah, you gave it to me. You tried to kill me. That's what I mean. Holy. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, thank you. All right. Uh, but it's all good now. Yes. Thank God. We're all healthy and... Um, and that's it. Joe, are you, uh, you're sailing into your new role. Tell us about it. I know this is really, it's only been a week or so, but uh, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so as you said, I, I actually started um, the Monday after the National, technically. So, but, but I was traveling out to the show, as you know, just as a hobbyist, just to be there as a hobbyist. And we ended up working out a, a deal earlier that week of the National. So being there, you know, having a chance to meet some of the heritage crew who I had not met before. Obviously, I've known Derek for, I, I, I hate to say this for, for Derek and I, we've probably known each other for 20 plus years at this point. Same thing with many of the other staff members. It's kind of dating us or aging us, but uh, I had a chance to meet some new folks there at Heritage and watch what they do now from a, from a different perspective, right? Not as a, not as just a collector or uh, you know, someone who worked at Collectors Universe and PSA, but actually see behind the scenes what goes into what they do. And I think anyone that has operational eyeballs could see the quality of the presentation they put on at the show. It's quite remarkable. Yeah, it was great. It was. Uh, I mean, the, the display was amazing. Uh, the show, I, I, I can't believe how big it was. I walked, remember, you know what? Just... Uh, I think Don't go down that road. <laughs> no, Elsie. I think my wife. You know, she got the the uh, the watch, and it tells you how many steps. Right? Steps. Oh yeah, right? yeah. No, all kidding aside. Really, three miles. Are you kidding? That one day we did three miles up and back. So anyway, with that being said, uh, Joe, you're still a vintage guy. You experience a collector. You know, really. Uh, what do you think? 
I mean, for personally, um, as far as being a, a collector, I mean, yeah. that's kind of where my, my heart is more, I would say, in, in vintage collectibles, although I, I have collected modern things in my, my lifetime. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, my, my collection is, you know, mostly made up of uh, game used bats and display pieces and nice. autographs. And, and it's more of the I would call the, the classic iconic names. But Again, um, I think anyone who has been um, a collector in the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, I mean, when, you're, when you start collecting, of course, you start by collecting the players who are playing today or at that time. So you always start with modern. And then I kind of, as, as I gained more experience, kind of fell in love with the history of, of the game and mainly baseball and uh, started kind of going back in time. I guess I, I was always kind of an old soul, even as a, as a young man collecting and, and really started to get into the history of the game and comparing players from different generations. You know, it's interesting because uh, we really tried to have our finger on the pulse at the National, and there was some really encouraging things because I personally spoke to a lot of young collectors, and... Um, you know, a lot of them now are kind of seeing and understanding the whole picture. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't, I mean, at, you know, there was a generation a year ago that was really heavily weighted on modern and ultra-modern cards. Now, it seems as though they're kind of expanding their portfolio a little bit. They want to learn about uh, the Mickey Mantle card. They want to learn about the 33 Gaudi Ruth. I thought that was really encouraging. As a matter of fact... I, just a couple of days ago, uh, my grandson, uh, Johnny, he, uh, a new card shop opened up about half hour from, from my home, and uh, he asked if I could take him. So I picked him up, and we went down there. And I was talking to the owner. The owner was probably 35, 36 years old, maybe younger. And we got into the whole thing about modern and ultra-modern. And he said, I can't tell you, man, over the last couple of months – Vintage is in my store. I mean, this guy was dealing just modern and ultra modern stuff. Now he has a whole section of, you know, he had Ted Williams cards. You know, he had, you know, yeah, Yaz yeah. cards, a lot of Boston uh, guys. He said it really has expanded. And the, this, the, same kind, the same group of kids that were buying, you know, 90s basketball or, you know, a 2020 football, they're, they're starting to, to, to pick up vintage cards in both uh, basketball, football, and baseball. Well, I found that really encouraging, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, I, I was at the, um, the 1991 National, which is a national that a lot of people talk about as being one of the wildest nationals ever. In my humble opinion, um, I think this last year's national, I saw more people under the age of 25 than I have ever seen at a national before, which I think is really encouraging for the, for the hobby and the industry is to bring more people in and expose them. But, you know, Tom, what you're describing, I think that's just the natural progression of things. We all start by collecting the players we grow up watching, the players that we can see on TV every night or every week on, uh, you know, football Sunday. Um, but then as you gain more experience, you learn more about collecting it's natural to start diversifying and go back in time and learn more about the history. So that, that natural progression, I think, is uh, something that will play out over the next few years for all of these new participants who have jumped in. 
You know, it's like uh, <clears throat> the ball players. Uh, when I was coaching and managing, I used to tell the players, read books of the past. You know, it's, it's a really going to help that you. Once they did that, especially uh, the uh, African-American kids, they used to tell them, you've got to read books with Jackie Robinson. You know, oh, sure. See, that makes all the sense in the world. To see, you know, what he went through and all that and how far we've come and all. And once they did that, uh, they really, you know, really You're helped making a great point, past. Rico. I mean, like, it's good. It, listen, it's, it's great to, to love Mike Trout, but it's good to see the foundation from which he comes from. And yeah. that's like Babe Ruth. It's oh, Jimmy absolutely. Fox. It's, you know, all those guys. That's, that's a good point. Story, yeah. Hey, Derek, I wanted to ask you about, you know, you were, you were a, a, a pretty sophisticated cod grader uh, at one time. And you had a, you had a big Whoa, job. I don't lose that title. Okay. Anytime these graders <laughs> want to take me on in a contest, you can you can set it up Vegas in the desert. No, I'll no, well, that, that's up. not my question. My oh, question, my question is. You said it one time. Well, okay, okay. but you're not doing Currently. it. You're not go doing ahead. it actively anymore. You knucklehead. Okay. But <laughs> with that being said, they need me, by the way. But go ahead. Uh, when when a card comes through Heritage, whether it be a a, a PSA card, SGC whoever, and you hold that card in your hand, how often do you question yourself personally the grade of that card out of curiosity? Look, I'll call it like I see it. I mean, graders are humans, and things can, uh, you know, they can see things differently on a different day. There's cards that have come through that I had graded that if a client asked me, is it, is that a card for me? Is it high end for the grade? I'll tell them no, pass on this one because standards have changed with centering now. I think, as Joe probably can attest to too, even though there's a published centering standard for eights or nines, they've even tightened that published centering standard up for eye appeal. A centered card right now in a low grade, say a three that's dead centered, dead centered, can sell for more than a five. That's a little off center. I mean, it, people are really honing in on centering. So a while back, it was still important. Now it's just a huge premium on centering. So there's there's card. Look, PSA, and, and I'm not saying I could have done it any better. When PSA started, they had to come up with the standard we all live by. And they're only getting the best cards and Joe can correct me if I'm wrong, but people weren't submitting comments back then when PSA first started. They're submitting Gaudi Roos and T206 Cobbs and Hannes Wagners and all star cards. And dealers didn't embrace PSA at first because they didn't want kids or, you know, people in their 20s telling them dealers generally overgrade their cards by, say, a grade or half a grade that they put in their cases in vintage cards. Barely anybody grades accurate what are they going to grade their own cards accurately you would think they would but certainly when there's a financial gain that's why the independent grading services exist because they take that the person out of it and they grade it independently so my point is a standard had to be created and 30 years ago was a long time ago and so that some of the old labels don't look like they would today but that's perfectly acceptable. And by the way, that goes for every grading I, service. That's just not a PSA thing. Yeah, grading I, standards have gotten stricter over 30 years. It's I, just a fact. And I have no issue with that. I just have always said since 1998, when I got in the hobby on a national level, 
everybody, yes, you want to trust PSA for their authentication ability and SGC for their authentication ability and, and, you know, uh, some other companies. Um, but I will say that the, that's the brand name matters because I want to say buy the card, not the holder. But right now I can't just say that because there's too many other grading companies that have popped up during the pandemic. So I can't simply say that and people go out and buy the card, not the holder and they buy the wrong company. Okay. These graders, whether they get the grade, whether I think it's accurate or not, at least I know if it's in a PSA holder or an SGC holder, the card's going to be authentic. You know, it's, it's going to in- be real. I was going to say it's interesting because I see on, on social media now, guys, I see a lot of that where uh, discussions about what you were talking to, especially like on the, on the really the guys that know that stuff, like the tobacco rogue guys, you know. They talk about, you know, uh, uh, this card was graded at three, but it's got the eye appeal of a four or a four and a half. They spend a lot of time talking to that, and they do a lot of trading back and forth, buying and selling, and that's how a lot of the sales are made based on the the visual appeal uh, of the card. Joe, are you seeing that on the vintage end? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think buyers are just getting more and more sophisticated. And Derek brought up a lot of really great points. I would actually t- I would actually uh, say that it's affecting even more than cards. It's happening it in memorabilia, too. It's happening in original photos. Anything where, look, we buy this stuff. We're, we're hobbyists here. We buy this stuff in large part because of its visual appeal, right? So th- there's more concentration and focus on that. And as Derek said, it's and I think he really articulated it well. It's he the, doesn't hold on, hold on. He does not articulate anything well. <laughs> one time I did. All right, once. I digress. Go ahead, Joe. I'm okay, sorry. Just one I'm sorry. But the, the brand you definitely want to recognize brand as the foundation because it, as Derek said, it absolutely matters for resale value. However, as long as it's certified by a recognized brand and one that has market share in that particular field. So for example, certain grading services have maybe more of a a sort of strong footing in vintage, some have more strong footing in in modern, but as long as you have that, then he's absolutely right. I mean, while I was at PSA, I I wrote articles while I was at PSA saying buy the card, not the holder. Again, with the idea that you have to have that foundational piece of grading, but after that, you really have to look at what you're right. buying. And now, as Derek said, I mean, buyers are getting more sophisticated. They're getting pickier. Look, the values are going up on a lot of this blue chip stuff. And when you're spending that kind of money, you want it to look a right. certain way, regardless of the technical grade. Good point. Mm-hmm. We had chatting. You have a quick cool question? Well, I, I, we have a, yeah, I before think the that, break. but there's a lot of people, well, what is it graded? You know they they need to know that uh, maybe maybe not the the real uh, high end guys high end guys. He's making a good point too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, the first thing I I you good know point. I look Rico, that's what a is great that point. an eight? What's an eight? Well, what's a four? When you say a four or a three and it's a pretty good price. So, so are you saying, talking about minute. are you talking about a novice bias? In other words, mm-hmm. my question to you not I, even novice. So but a guy a little, a little more educated. So yeah, no, but, but I'm not, saying but a guy a guy that that doesn't uh, uh, that can't uh, uh, relate to the eye appeal yet. He's looking at a PSA 1951 Bowman Mickey Mantle to PSA 2 
That's all he's concerned about is the grade. I l- I'll look at the, how nice it is, but what's you this want grade? the grade? That's a good what's point. What's graded? Good how much point. is this going to cut? No, I'm saying they're both very yeah, important. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So anyway, that's, that's all I got point. to say here. I'm going home. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Joe Orlando's in the house. Derek Grady's in the house. Yeah. The two big honchos big guys. Heritage Auctions. I think Rico and I should work there. I think we should be, like, you guys are vice presidents. Presidents, right exactly, here. Wait, executive vice president. The, All right, so we should new, be president, co-president. New England, six states. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's on deck with Rico. Woo-hoo. We'll be right back. <laughs> Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. For more than 30 years, Robert Edward Auctions has been the industry leader when it comes to helping you realize the most money for your baseball cards and sports memorabilia. In addition to their unparalleled reputation for honesty and integrity, they reach the largest number of bidders in the business and offer lower seller's fees, as well as generous cash advances up front on your valuable material. Contact them today at 908-226-9900. That's 908-226-9900 or at robertedwardauction.com. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, We will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. 
Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Number six on the roster, but number six in our hearts. Number one in our hearts. On deck with Rico Patricelli. Okay, it is time for our segment called On Deck with Rico, brought to us by our good friend Brian Dwyer and the great staff at REA Auctions. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to robertedwardauctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. By the way, I put a bid in. I never bid, but I put a bid in on an item in Brian's auction. Wow. You know what I bid on? I, put, I bid too. I, I bid also. I put a bid in on the night. He's a great guy. I put a bid in, in on the 1920 contract signed by Grover Cleveland Alexander at 12 grand. The year he won the triple crown pitching. So I put a bid in on that. That's kind of a cool piece, right? It is, yeah. I mean, don't be so excited, both of you guys. So, so many cool pieces in the hobby, I, I, I truly believe. There is. This is really We cool. all start with cards and then Yeah, move just move around. Directions. All right, this question is from Sean Clark, who has won himself an official Great American Collectibles T-shirt. Pretty, yeah. pretty cool, Oh, right? nice. Came out nice, boy. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Manufactured by the Petroselli Marketing Company. Not me, my son. Here's the question. This is kind of a cool question. Rico. Yeah. Would players behind the scene get ticked off at a reliever who blew a save? Oh. So if you were in a game, seventh inning, eighth inning, and would you guys get pissed off at the relief pitcher if he blew the save? Well, when he came into the uh, into the clubhouse, we kicked the crap out of him. <laughs> no, come on. No, seriously. we did. Yeah, we didn't like him. No, but did, did anybody ever get a good closer? He blows it once in a while. <clears throat> you, you don't mind. You know what I mean. Uh, if he does it two or three times in a row, then you say, geez, what's happening? Is he losing? And, of course, they have the, they know everything now, how the velocity and all that and all the spin and crap. <clears throat> and so you say maybe there's something wrong. But, no, you wouldn't. If You really wouldn't because uh, that type of guy is, uh, is so important to you. Usually the next time out, he's, he's going to be successful. Without mentioning names, though, did you ever see an incident where one of your – either a pitcher said something to a 
you know, the, the opposite where a pitcher is pitching a great game, some guy makes an error and blows it or something. Do you ever see? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was what mentioning starting you. pitch. No, I wouldn't mention him. Uh, starting pitcher got mad because balls went through the infield. But, uh, you know, he didn't realize that they were going like uh, 900 miles an hour through the infield. Nobody could get him. Sure. And he came in, to, came in the dugout and started complaining, and not directly to the guy, but, you know, and went, uh, a lot of balls could be, you know. Could really? Be. Oh, baby. And uh, that caused problems. So uh, <clears throat> we took care of it, and uh, he didn't do it any longer. Uh, the other question, there's a second part. Huh? Who was the best pressure reliever you ever saw? Not just on the Red Sox, but as you as a player, who, who was the best that you saw in your opinion? That I saw. Is uh, it either a closer or a reliever? Yeah, Sparky Lyle was great. Uh, Dick Raditz was great. How was Rolly Fingers? Rolly Fingers was another guy, yeah. He was a, and there were there's a lot of others um, somewhere in the Hall of Fame. But, uh, yeah. Good reliever, boy, I tell you. You say ninth inning, you think it's not important? No. Can't you get three outs, somebody? They're the toughest outs. Oh, especially, I'm sure. Especially when you're, <clears throat> you're home, you know. Sure. Because the fans, let's go here, you know, they're expected. So, anyway. You but, know, that's uh, going to be, you got to think closes, about that. Close is important. Yeah. You know, just uh, think about that in the ninth inning. It's a home game, no matter what stadium it is. You know, you get your closer coming in. He's got a one-run lead, and everybody's on their feet on every single pitch. Well, I mean, that's going to yeah. be big-time pressure for the guy throwing the baseball. Well, you know, uh, the closers now, they, they get compensated, the good ones. Yeah. Pretty good money. So, it's expected. That's their job. And uh, if they start losing a little, you want a closer, by the way, guys, who's a strikeout guy, not somebody who doesn't have good control. You know, put a man on, all of a sudden, uh-oh. Yeah. You know, so if you got a strikeout guy, if he strikes out two out of the three guys, you know. You're good. You're happy. All right, I got a question for Derek. Derek, what the hey. hell? Are, now, this is me, all right? What's Pokemon? Mon. Oh. Huh? Mon. <laughs> Pokemon? Pokemon. Yeah. What? What is it? You What's... know, it's uh, a... It's a. I used to smoke that in college, by the way. Pokemon. I think that's what it was called. It's a game that you know came with cards, and I think it originated. Joe, was that originated in Japan or China? <laughs> oh, another expert in Pokemon here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I know enough to be a little dangerous in Japan. Yeah. Okay, and and again, as far as grading these, other than counterfeits, I'll be the first one to admit this is pretty funny, Joe, because you were, I think you were CEO the last time I took the grading contest. And I, the two I missed were the Yu-Gi-Oh card and the Pokemon card. I blew them both. I think they were both counterfeits, and I graded them both. I literally have no idea what I'm doing on those. And I, I mean, literally still have no idea. As far as that's the key is counter. Now, they are round cards. So the graders, they typically, you know, look, people that have played with them, there's going to be scratches. So they deduct for increases and in scratches. But centering... You know, you can get nines and tens on those if you're not playing with them because they are rounded corners. I, I'm sure they make some square ones too. I am just so far out of that loop. I have, I've, I've missed it. Well, who buys them? I kids, mean, kids, kids, kids. Uh, I think adults well, do too. Oh, do they? Hold on. Say, oh, yeah. they do. Adults do too. Then, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, just to jump in here, I mean, even though this is not something that any of us here, you know, on the show collect or I have personal interest in, 
there is a lesson to be learned from the whole Pokemon craze. And that's this sort of generational cycle. As Derek mentioned, it originated in Japan and became a real hit in the U.S. in the late 1990s. And when you think about it, the kids who were playing then, now they're coming into their adult years, they're settling into jobs, they have a little bit of disposable income, and that's nostalgia to that group. All right. Um, and so it really is just an illustration, even though we're not, it's not sports, it's an illustration of how you, you have that, in some cases, that delay, and then all of a sudden people now in their mid-30s are trying to recapture their youth. And for them, a whole generation of kids from the late 1990s, that's nostalgia to them. So you yeah. definitely see that certainly in sports. Well, hold on. To add to what you, you know, Rico asked, what you guys are talking about, though, I, again, I have grandchildren, and two of my grandchildren, one aged eight and one aged six, are so into it, it's like crazy. So I'm assuming that they're watching some type of a Pokemon cartoon show or something. Yeah. Oh right. yeah, they they continue to yeah. There's there's shows. They still have. I mean, if you go to Target or Walmart, they still have Pokemon packs, you know, on the shelf. So it's something you know that brand or that franchise. I mean, they've been able to um, really extend it over the 20 plus year period. But that initial sort of launch that's it's always you know it's like everything else we talk about in sports that first launch is always special and that's why those those cards from the late 1990s early 2000s are special with a lot of collectors who are now who are now adults as derek very cool we're chatting with joe and derek from harry rico uh why yeah. don't you, why don't you t- and by the way congratulations it's Thank it's you. i know no no we're not there yet but uh, we're gonna, Rico's going to do a little uh, uh, East Coast Sports Market. Yeah, and but congratulations to Joe Drellick. Yeah, Joe uh, at uh, not next year, but the year after is going to be taking over the National. Congratulations to Joe and his crew. Yeah, great Joe guy. does a great job at the Philly Show yeah, and CSA. Well, Tell us about it. Something coming up there, uh, East Coast Sports Market and Hunt Auctions are pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collectors Show, the Philly Show. From Friday, September 23rd to Sunday, September 25th, held at their new location, the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center, Hall B, 100 Station Avenue, Oaks, Pennsylvania. New location. Yeah, the Kings of Prussia, wasn't it before that? Oh, oh. Whatever. Shop over 250 of your favorite hobby dealer booths on over 75,000 square feet of sports collectibles. Heaven from the 1800s to present day. Major sports auction houses and third-party grading and authentication companies are on hand to assist your collecting needs. The Philly Show is family-friendly, and all kids 12 and under get in for free. <coughs> Autographed guests to include baseball Hall of Famers, Jim Rice, <laughs> Ricky Henderson, John Smoltz, and... 2022 inductee Jim Cott, Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Famer and legend Brian Dawkins, and many more. For more information, go to phillyshow.com. Remember, since 1975, the Philly Show is where it all started. Hey, by the way, I want to throw out a thank you to uh, uh, Nat Turner and and the gang at the Collector's Vault uh, for, uh, and obviously Joe Drellick, uh, at the East Coast Sports Marketing, uh, Ellen and I, and actually, and Joe and John Mallory, we were at the East Coast Sports Marketing to do a little book signing uh, on the new book. Beautiful book. And then uh, at the Collector's Vault, they did a great, great job of uh, bringing in Kenny Kendrick's uh, Diamondbacks collection. 
Uh, we did some book signings there. Uh, it was really a treat to see that collection uh, up front and personal. So thank you. And I got to be honest with you, folks. Thanks so much for the overwhelming uh, uh, response on the new book, uh, you know, uh, book sales of flying. We're, we're real pleased. So. Just uh, two, two or three books there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> right, listen, I, Joe, I'm going to ask uh, you another question. And uh, I, I, I don't want to put you in a spot, but I'm going to ask you the question. <laughs> you're going to do it. Uh-oh. <laughs> Run. Now that you're on the other side of the fence, do you ever, I mean, are you taking, a, 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 a looking at card grades with a little different perspective yourself? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, you know, earlier in the in the program, I think Derek hit it spot on. I mean, of course, they're human beings. I mean, as a matter of fact, as I mentioned earlier, I actually wrote articles while I was employed at PSA and Collectors Universe talking about that very fact that, look, you could have, you know, my Derek, myself, and some other, you know, let's say high, top card guys in a room looking at cards, and we can disagree. And it doesn't mean that one person is wrong and one person is right. That happens. There's a human element to the system that is always going to be inherent no matter what, no matter how much technology gets incorporated in grading, there's always going to be a human component. So of course, I mean, of co I mean, th this goes back again to my, my early days at the company. You're not always going to agree. As a matter of fact, I'll, sh I'll share a quick little story with you. So before I was employed at PSA, I actually wrote a letter, a customer, I wouldn't call it really a complaint, complaint. letter, but it was kind of a complaint <laughs> letter to, to PSA, um, and talking about how I thought, like, and I was a collector at the time, mainly eights, although I collected a couple nines, a couple tens here in vintage, but I thought that the eight line was too wide. Like, I thought that there, were, there was too much of a variance inside of what an eight could be. And I wrote this, this letter, and... To, to their credit, they actually reached out and called me um, and we had a conversation about it. But that I guess my point is, look, I worked there for, for almost 22 years um, and obviously I, I, I hold them in incredibly high regard and have tons of uh, friends that still work there. It's a there's a human element. And I think as long as we understand that, again, my, my message, I think Derek, one of Derek's messages was, look, the brand matters, but, but buy the card, buy the card and buy what you like, because I appeal, at the end of the day, I appeal really should be that kind of deciding factor, whether you're in or whether you're out on an item. You know, I, it was funny because now I don't, I don't know, I'm going to yeah. jar your memory. Uh, going back to the book launch for the T206 collection, the players and their stories, you were nice enough to fly out to Massachusetts, and we had a new report. And we did the book launch, and I don't know if you recall this story, but we had a nice display of some of my cards uh, next to us as we were signing. And I nudged you because my T206 Thai Cobb with the green background was looking me in the face. And I had submitted it to PSA. And it came back a four, which was decent. But damn it, that card should have been a five. And, and you're sitting next to me. You're sitting next to me. And I nudge you, and I said... Look at this card. Look at this card. How can this card not been graded a five? And you said, tough. <laughs> yeah. Did I say that? <laughs> if I did, I must have had a few glasses of that. Yeah. No, and then you explained it to me. Actually, you explained it to me, and I said, okay, I, I can buy that. I can buy that. Uh, <laughs> hey, Derek, the Nationals become like 
a hobby experience with yeah. – it's, it's not just – you know, you're going to go in there now. It's, it's, it's become an entertainment experience. Modernized. Music, crowds cheering. Wonder where we got that from. I Maybe Comic-Con? That's what I was going to ask we you. we actually finally took something, that, that secret sauce they had at Comic-Con. We still don't necessarily have people dressing up in character yet. Hopefully that will come soon um, because that will be entertaining. People watching is always fun no matter where you go. But obviously at Comic-Con, it's to die for apparently. Everybody said you got to get there once. I know Joe's – I believe Joe's been to several Comic-Cons, haven't you, Joe? Yes. Yeah, in the past. Yeah, when I was Sometimes in, in costume, by the way. Is it an Sometimes event, Joe? Is, is, is Comic-Con <laughs> an event? I mean, is it like a um, – I mean, as Derek said, I mean, if you, for anyone who's been to a Comic-Con, they're going to know exactly what Derek's talking about. But, I mean, we're talking two, 250,000 people, many of them dressed up, many of them passionate, you know, fans of different series, you know, whether it's, you know, Star Wars or The Walking Dead or some movie series. I mean, there's so much energy in that room and the amount of money that the, 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 the vendors and, and the show promoters put into the event. I mean, they're bringing in, celebrities that some of these celebrities they don't even do talk shows but they'll show up at comic-con to promote a movie or a new series pretty interesting it's, i mean it's it's really really remarkable stuff and by the way when i went to the comic-con every year i went as steve bye bye balboni and if anyone gets that joke um they should get a a, a free uh, t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> uh it, you know I, that's the thing that we you and i spoke about it yeah. how from the first one we went to together yeah. to now, it's like an event. Oh yeah, right. Oh, I mean, with the music. I mean, it's, I mean, just amazing. Like little entertainment things going on at different exhibits where people are cheering and yelling, and it just it was it was quite. You, the, you know what I saw a lot of, and uh, after I saw the first one, uh, I, I kind of looked. You know, it was what was going on? Kids, young kids, and teenagers, even guys in their twenty. They were going around like, like, to, you know, I can't use another word. I, I don't know, like animals. Yeah, yeah. No, they, you know, they were they were going wild. Wow, they were going wild, looking at that, going through, you know, going through one booth, and oh, I said, wow, these kids are really into it. How about Derek? Uh, that the kid, uh, you know, Derek uh, was on stage with us along with Joe, and we had a lot of giveaways and. Derek flipped a, 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 an op unopened pack to a kid who was about 10 or 11 and opened it up. Yeah. And what did he, uh, so, what was inside? It was a soccer yeah, pack. Yeah, he, he got a... Becker. Uh, what's his name? Beckham. David Beckham. David Beckham. Beckham. Autograph. And one of the guys in front was nice enough to look it up for him. Found it right on his cut. phone immediately. And it was like 800 bucks or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe more. I mean, that was the one thing I, I do enjoy doing was... I thought I, I actually enjoyed our conversation with the crowd when we you, you gave us a, an open forum kind of and I posed the question about steroids and that one woman teacher got up and gave a passionate she did she was actually very good you weren't really there you you were no, no, you had her take and then another gentleman was moved an older gentleman came up and he gave another take the opposite on, on his and it, and it was pretty cool and it was really a split vote but i like the crowd interaction and what we try and do at heritage is you know as we're sponsoring partly part of that is go out and buy some wax boxes because everybody loves to open packs sure and i'm um, you know we never have enough to go we bought some high-end product too and you know unfortunately the the per kate went out and bought some boxes which she didn't realize were some of those were one pack boxes yeah some of the savvy collectors knew that was a high-end product, 
So they wanted me to give them the whole box. And I was like, I can't give you the whole box. And they're like, dude, there's one pack in it. <laughs> so that soccer card was a one pack box and it was going to have an autographed card. And the kid did pull a David Beckham one of one card. And it was literally, it, it was cool. That was really cool. cool Very cool. Yeah. And I was going to offer him just, you know, I was going to offer him 500 bucks cash, but I didn't want to sell. And I, I, I have no interest. We could have auctioned it, of course. But I was thinking, you know what? This would just be fun to give this kid spending money. But I figured he's going to go and horse trade the card at the show anyway. I'm sure he, he said was. he's not a soccer collector. He's going to walk around and, and trade. He was thrilled. Oh, that it was, was really was cool, cool to watch them open the packs and get something. Right, listen, we got about a, a couple of minutes left. We've got a two minutes left. Um, Tell us about the Platinum Auction. Both of you guys can chime in. I know, Derek, you've been around a lot longer than Joe with the company, like uh, 20 years longer. But uh, point being, point being it, you know, what are some of the, besides the mantle card, I, I, yeah. saw, I saw some, some, some posters of uh, 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 Satchel Page stuff. really, you know, so the, the auction ends August 27th and 28th via extended bidding. And there, this is one of our actually – there were some really uh, good compliments from some of our biggest competitors. I won't mention any names that came by and said, man, you guys outdid yourself this year. Forget about the mantle card for a second. The old judge display piece, the triple folder display piece. These are one of a kind, two of a kind items. The, you know, we have PSA sets um, all being sold as sets from 52, I think up into 69, all registry sets that are high on the registry and, you know, 48 leaf Ruth and a nine and a, and a T206 uh, Cobb Polar Bear back in an eight, just modern cards, tens, nines, eights. It just in, really an incredible offering of tickets. And I'll let Joe speak to some of the bats and maybe some of the jerseys that he knows that we have. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, as I said earlier, it's you walk over to the Heritage Display at the National, it's like you're walking into a, you know, a Hall of Fame display or a museum. I mean, it's really remarkable, but, uh, you know, Aside, as you said, aside from the 52 Mantle, which everyone's talking about, I mean, the bat selection is incredible. Being a bat geek as I am, <laughs> there's a few bats in there I, I, I'd like to own. But I mean, 55 All-Star Ted Williams, 1920 autographed Ruth with incredible provenance. I mean, you name it, Farrah, Mays. I saw, uh, did I see a, wee, a Willie Keela game you, yeah. gamer? Yeah. I think it was great in a 9-5. I mean, I don't even That's know how many cool of those bat. are, Joe. There's are more than one of those. They're, 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 that's the but that is regarded as like the most documented one of all. There's not that many. There's only a couple of examples, but that one is considered the best. I mean, there's bat. a there's a Jim Thorpe bat. You're talking yeah. about rare. Wow! Jim wow! Wow! For, you know, I mean, for his you know, stint can I, in, in baseball. Yeah, uh, yeah. We got about one minute. Okay, Go. just a quick. Uh, I, I like to ask our our guests a question. Uh, because there's a lot of collectors, I think, I hope. We asked a question? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. What advice would you give Good. our collectors, your collectors that are listening to you? Joe, you mentioned buy the card that you like, right? Well, what do you guys say? What do you say to them right now? Say, this is, this is some advice. What I piece have. of advice? Well, I, I would stick with the theme that we've had for pretty much the whole show, and, and, and Derek started it off. I, Pay attention to eye appeal. Pay attention in everything, not just cards, Bats, everything. You can have photos. two items of the same grade, the same exact grade, a nine, a 10. If one has that X factor and the other one doesn't, that could sell, as Derek said, for multiple times the same grade, you know, same technical grade. So pay attention to the way it, that visceral reaction that you have when you look at, at a collectible. Derek, 30 seconds. You know, I'm going to echo the same thing because, on, well, first of all, buy what you like. 
Um, when you buy for investment, sometimes you can be wrong. And then you're like, why the hell did I buy this? I didn't even like this player. Buy what you like. You can speculate. Always, always look to some blue chip vintage. Don't just chase the modern guys. Trout has some kind of crazy injury. You could have been yeah. buying Mickey Mantles instead of spending millions of dollars on Mike Trout cards. Good point. Diversify, obviously, but buy things that you like and, and don't always look for the best deal. Look for the eye of the best deal on eye appeal. So you look at it and you're happy every time um, with what you bought as opposed to, I did that early on. I got in and I bought some stuff based on price, but there was always something I had to explain away. You know, why did, they, why did I buy this with that tear in it? Or why did I buy this with it? I'd rather not have it. I, w- I want something that has good eye appeal that I, I like to look at it and not always have a, but if, yeah. or but yeah. you know, Okay, well, listen, I want to thank both you guys. You guys are both a credit, I mean, huge credit to the hobby. Everybody knows that. And you guys guys are teammates now. You're teammates. We are. I'm excited. It's important. I have a lot to learn from Joe. I am am Robin to Derek's Batman. Oh, God. All right, guys. uh, CEO of the publicly traded company. Okay. (laughs) We'll we'll see you guys down the road. Thank thank you both so much. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for coming on. Joe and Derek from Heritage, man. A great company. Great and, guys. And two, two experts. Uh, yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Scotty Russell from the Collector Connection is going to join us. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you are a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer, because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, 
supporting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. With so many fakes out there, it's hard to figure out if the sneakers you want are real. But when you buy eligible sneakers on eBay, you can be confident they're genuine because every pair goes through a meticulous authentication process. Introducing eBay Authenticity Guarantee. First, the sneakers you've purchased are inspected by a team of professional authenticators who carefully examine the shoes, including color, pattern, logos, and materials. Then they're measured and compared to the eBay listing to make sure they match. Even the laces, accessories, and box are checked. Once your sneakers are verified, they receive an authenticity tag, and every tag is NFC-enabled so you can see the detailed specs eBay Authenticity Guarantee. No fakes, no fraud, no doubt. eBay is the place to go for all of your memorabilia, sports or non-sports cards, autographs, and much more. Whether it's a gift for that special someone or you want to just add to your collection, eBay's huge marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip your cards and get some extra cash. Yes, I shop on eBay all the time. That's eBay connecting buyers and sellers globally. Okay, we are back and on with us right now. He must be absolutely exhausted. He's got the national. He's got an auction going. His auction just then. It's. I mean, are you taking any vacation time at all? <laughs> vacation? What's that? Not really. Not really. It's been, been nuts. nuts. Um, you know, auction, auction, and days. That sounds good. Closes, throwing the national. 
uh, throw in all the other shows we're doing. So you're going to be exhausted. It's just been a crazy time. And, and by the way, uh, I do owe you, and my apologies, I owe you a T-shirt, and we will get it in the mail to you, and you owe us a T-shirt. <laughs> I, I saved some for you, even though we gave away a ton of them at the National. All right, so I'm going to ask the question, uh, how's your health? Did you have any issues with COVID, since all of your competitors did? <laughs> Uh, no, actually, I was lucky. I somehow dodged it. My brother, who was in the booth the entire time, got it. Oh. I was on the floor doing all sorts of stuff, rubbing elbows and taking stuff to BBCE and PSA and trying to find T-shirt winners, and, and I didn't get it. Well, so. I'll tell you, because, you know, I, a lot of your uh, friendly competitors have it. I don't know if you know. I won't mention their names, but a lot of them have it. Yeah, no, I do of a number. I feel bad for him because I don't wish that on anybody. Hey, so, uh, Scott, uh, I know your auction just ended. Uh, I, I went online last night and checked it out. You had a very successful auction. Oh, we lost him. I think, well, that's all right. I read lips. Uh, I think we lost you. You got me? Yeah, we got you now. We got you now. Okay. Okay. I'm getting a weird echo, so I'm trying to figure out why. Well, I just, you know, um, we can hear anyway. you fine. That's okay. Yeah, you're coming across. We had a 52 tops complete set break, which is cool. Um, every high number was graded. Most of the big stars were graded. Uh, they were old grades, so if they'd been, you know, fresher grades, they probably would have performed a little better. But it was an exciting set to have. And then we had a 49 Bowman complete set break, too. Awesome. Oh, nice. Awesome. So were you happy with the national, uh, you know, altogether? Oh, the, the national was phenomenal. Wasn't it great? Yeah, it um, was great. Thursday, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. It was crazy. I mean, it was crazy. I didn't go to the National in the early 90s, but that's had to be what it felt like. Mm -hmm. Scott, what about uh, consignments? Did you did you pick up any decent consignments at the National? Yeah, yeah, we picked up some very cool stuff. Um, some great non-sports, which, you know, is a love of mine. Yeah. So that was exciting. And, uh, and that was just, you know, walking around. It wasn't a scheduled drop-off, so that's always exciting. We also got a massive pre-war New York Yankee slash Highlander collection. Oh wow, very cool! So that'll be featured in November. Now, are those is that is uh, are those uh, is that they're going to be individual lots? What, what? How are you going to? How are you going to? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, all sorts of interesting stuff from like Willard's chocolates. Uh, blankets, silks, you know, all Very, that. See, that's cool stuff. Yeah, like off the beaten path stuff, not the, not the Tito sticks and the caramels that everybody's familiar yeah, with. Yeah, no, no, I think, I think that's good. Um, new consignments, uh, when, you know, is there a cutoff date for new consignments for your next auction, or right now it's open-ended? Uh, yeah, it, it works this way. With the post-war auctions, which is what we run eight times a year, they are backed up at this point. You know, we're looking at December being about the earliest we could get somebody in. For non-sports and comics, which we run twice a year, we could still get somebody into the fall auction for that. And then for pre-war, which is twice a year, we could still get somebody into the fall for that. And actually, that we're actively looking for T206, T205, and Commons just as much as the Hall of Famers. Interesting. Scotty, just I want, before we let you go, uh, are you still looking for help? Yeah, we actually have somebody coming in to do kind of a test day on Friday. So keep your fingers crossed. 
But uh, yeah, we are indeed hiring. We had a big sign up at the national. Okay, so and we'll even help with relocation. So, so our, for wow. our viewers and listeners, you have it right here from from the horse's mouth. If you're interested in getting into this hobby, if you live near there, if you're interesting uh, interested in relocating, contact uh, Scott. Email him. Just go to the collectorconnection.com. Is that the right? Yeah, and you can yep, yep. get info at. Yeah. yeah, so just uh, get in touch with him uh, if you want. Uh, Rico, why don't you? Uh, well, I'm thinking about it. This you know? is great, but I don't know. <laughs> You're hired, Rico. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking 100000 150000 a year. <laughs> That'll do it. No. <laughs> All right, Scotty. Uh, yeah. And so for if you want to consign, uh, get in touch with Scott. And, uh, Scott, we'll, we'll see you down exciting. the road. Congratulations exciting. on a great national. Yeah, that's good. Thanks a lot. It's always good seeing you guys. It's good seeing you there. Too. And I'll, I'll get that T-shirt in the mail to you. Hey, XL is the biggest I have, so if, if it doesn't fit you, auction it uh, off. And that's all we have is XL, so we're even. All right, take care. <laughs> Scott Russell from hey, the Connect Connection. Great, Scott. Good guy, good yes, guy. Yes, Very nice guy. guy. Great guys. Yeah, you know something? we got a bunch of good guys that we do business yeah. with. By the way, we have some new sponsors coming on uh, in a few weeks. Uh, we won't mention them yet. No, don't do that. Uh, but uh, some good companies uh, have contacted us and say, hey, Wonderful. man, we love the show, want to come on board. Again, if you want to buy a copy of the book, uh, it's going to be on Amazon shortly, but you can go to TomZappelMedia.com. Uh, for whatever reason, the well, book's it's a great book. The book uh, is getting uh, great uh, reviews. All the books are really the, great. The book, the book is getting, it's getting great reviews. We're very, very pleased at the response. Yeah, Quite good. frankly, we didn't expect the, the really? response that we're getting. Oh, but a, it's a good book, and uh, obviously thanks to Ken Kendrick and his wonderful, wonderful collection. Yeah. With that being said, Rick, nice Yay, seeing you. Good seeing you. And... and uh, what else? What else? That's happy. it. Happy what? Happy. Oh, yeah. To our viewers and listeners, we love you guys. Thanks for the support. Happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.